Hey, good morning. How you doing, Victory Church? Good morning, good morning. My name is Troy. My wife, Darla, and I get the absolute privilege to pastor this church. And if you're visiting with us today, I just want to give you a couple of announcements before we get into the Word. First, if you're looking for a way to connect, you can do that a couple different ways. When you came in today, if you're here in person, uh, you were given a paper connection card that came in the bulletin, and you can take that out, fill it out. If you're not into that, you want to stay more digital, you can text to connect. You can do that by sending the number VICTORY18, uh, or, or the, the words VICTORY18, to 31996. That's actually going to send you a digital connection card. That's great for all of our family that are watching online. And if you'll fill that out for us, if you're here in person after service, you can take that to our Welcome Center. Uh, we got a special gift that we want to give you to say thank you so much for hanging out with us. And it's just an opportunity for us to connect, answer some questions. It gives me the opportunity to call you this week and just, again, say thank you for visiting and do our best to, what we like to say, move you from the seat to your feet and get you in a place of a family and connection. We're going to talk a lot, just a little bit, in these announcements about connection and getting you, helping you find your circle and different things like that. Uh, but do us a favor and do that if you're visiting or if you've been coming for a few weeks now and you haven't done that yet, just reach out and fill out that form, whether it be digital or paper, so that we can connect with you. Second, if you're looking for a way to give, uh, we have so many people who give every month faithfully to our church, and there's so many testimonies of what we've been able to do because of that. And if you've been looking, you've been wanting to start giving, or you're visiting and you want to be able to give, you can do that in three ways as well. We have our online portal, which is our website, our app. You can download those things or visit our website, tnvictory.com. Uh, we also can do a text to give, which is similar to your, to your text to connect. That information will come up on the screen. And then as you're walking out today, we'll have auditorium hosts with buckets if you wanted to give through cash or check. <clears throat> Every week, I try to take a moment and talk about something that we're able to do outside of these four walls because of your faithfulness to this church. And this month, we've been focusing on the YMCA that we partner with. Hodge was here last Sunday, and we talked a little bit about uh, domestic abuse and uh, the, the after breast cancer ministries that we are partnering with. But I want to make a little special announcement today because Thursday, this past Thursday, I went and picked up the keys. Come on and give God praise. If you're visiting right now, you're like, why do they love keys so much? I don't know what's happening. Uh, it's because we got our brand new building. And so we picked up the keys Thursday. Uh, we'll be, the goal is to move in March 20th. will be our first Sunday. Uh, let's go. That's what I'm Don't, don't get me going. Y'all, back one of them little cars that you move back and you let it go and it flies. Um, we had some people come up yesterday. We were just looking at some of the things that we need to get done. Y'all, the, the space is so beautiful. Uh, it's so pretty. We, we didn't have heat yesterday, so we were in there freezing. And one of our team members that was with us, she said, she said, it already feels like home. And I was like, and that's without heat. Imagine what it's going to be like with heat, right? You feel like home. But I wanted to share this with you real quick because I wanted you to understand just how much God's hand is on us. Because I understand that a lot of change is going to come for you over the next couple weeks. I mean, we've been here for four years and so if you've been here, I was looking through some of our database and those that have been here with us since 2018, you've driven to the same location for four years. You've parked in the same parking lot for four years. You've walked in the same front door for four years. And some of you for three, some of you for two. And I understand that, at least for me, you settle into that comfort. And a lot of times, no matter how great it is, we don't like that change of comfort. And I just wanted to share with you a pretty cool moment. We were there Thursday picking up the keys. I was with a spiritual mentor of mine, and we're just there getting the keys. And while we're there, somebody is looking through, this young lady is looking through the window into the building. And so I walked out, introduced myself to her, and she said, my pastor, she's on staff at another church. She said, my pastor uh, asked me to come look at this building because the church that was there has officially taken their name down, and we're waiting to put ours up. And so it was clear to anybody that it was an available space. And so she said, my pastor sent me here to find out how we could get this space. And I said, well, you know, I apologize. We, we signed the contract a few weeks ago. It's, it's, or you know, it was a couple months ago. It's, you know, we're moving in. And she's like, well, you know, what is the church? So, yeah, Victory Church. We start talking. She just says, congratulations. We shake hands. We said, hey, we'll connect. And she goes on. <clears throat> we end up doing our thing. My, my spiritual mentor prays over the entire building. We get in the car and we're leaving. <clears throat> and he says, because uh, he also knew about the, the past churches that had tried to get this building. We are probably the fourth church, maybe the fifth church, that tried to get this building, and we are the ones that got it. And he said this, and I just thought it was cool. He said, you can go ahead and give God praise for that. Y'all clap. I like clapping. Um, he, said, uh, he said, it just shows that God wants to do something in this community, and you were the first church to say yes. And I just think we have to keep that in mind, that as we move into some you know, uncomfortable weeks of change and moving, that God has put a mandate on us and that God has assigned us an area to go and minister. 
And God called our church and our DNA and our culture because of who we are to go into that area and make an impact. And so these next few weeks are going to be really exciting. I really encourage you to be here if you can for the next couple of weeks as I not only preach through promises, but help us understand the transition into our building and all that God's going to do in and through our church. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, A couple of quick announcements. In in your bulletin that you got, there are some frequently answered questions, frequently asked questions about the building address, you know, different things like that. Uh, There's also the information about our men's axe night. Come on, somebody. Look, we've already got 20 men registered for this. It's this Tuesday night, okay? So listen, if you, if you were one of those people that you procrastinate and you didn't sign up, talk to me in the lobby after church. We'll get your name on it. We've reserved some extra spots because we know that you men do things late. Women, can I get an amen? All right, that wasn't enough. I'm never making that joke again. Uh, I'm sticking with my men from now on. Um, but if you want to be a part of that, let me know so we can get you connected in there and you can be there and hang out with us Tuesday night. It's going to be a great time. Um, We are getting ready to launch a brand new ministry. So as you know, we are uh, very involved in the outreach area and different things. We have so many outreach opportunities that we're involved with. And there is a couple that's no no, no new couple to our church. They've been here for a couple years. And their heart is so outreach driven. And we went to them with the idea of, of helping us be able to streamline that. And they came back and said, not only do we want to do that, we've got, we've got kind of a, a different idea. And they shared it with us. And Darla and I both just knew, like, this is exactly what God's wanting to do for Victory Church in this next chapter. And so I wanted to invite them up. Kyle Zenobia, y'all welcome them up real quick. Uh, I wanted to invite them up. They're going to they're gonna share real quick about this ministry. And then I'm going to tell you what your next steps are. And then we'll get into the word. Hello, sir. Go ahead and share a little bit about uh, this, this ministry that we've been talking okay. about. Is there, oh, sorry, I should have turned that on for you. My fault. As uh, Pastor Troy said, my name's Kyle. It's my wife, Zenobia. We're the new outreach directors. And we just uh, want to share our vision. Put that near your, there you there go. There we go. Ooh, that's good. I got you. I do it for <laughs> um, a living. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just want to share our vision um, that we have for, for outreach. And it's uh, based upon the book of Acts. And it, we're going to name it Acts as an acronym. And it stands for activities community, teamwork, and serving. So basically, we just want to get you engaged with our community outside these walls. We want you using your, your God-given talents, your abilities, your hobbies, whatever you're doing. We want to get you doing you know, hobby groups, sports groups, just different things where if you're you know, trying to invite someone to church, they might go, I'm not going to go to church with you, but I'll play disc golf with you, or I'll you all know, do crafts with you. Um, just really make a, a cool way to, you know, reach people outside these walls and just allow you to use the gifts and the things you're already doing to uh, reach our community. And we're gonna have two different calendars. We're gonna have one for, minist- for um, ministries, stuff that we're already doing within the church and outside the church with uh, partners- partnerships that are doing, you know, sex trafficking, um, prison ministries, homeless ministries, and um, what else? Oh, on the social calendar, um, we want to be doing like different sports ministries, different crafts, um, what else? <laughs> Hi, I'm Zenobia, but yes, as Kyle was saying, we definitely want to engage our community, and We definitely want to create opportunities so you can invite friends and family to things outside of Sunday. Because a lot of people might be hesitant to come to church, but they would like to come to different events that we would have. And one of the things we want to do is a park day where we could just, you know, bring a grill, you know, have hot dogs, burgers, get a volleyball net, some lawn games, and then you can just invite friends and family to that and just come and hang out. We also want to do a board game night. And you can just, you know, bring all your favorite board games that you have, and you can just engage that way. But we also want to make sure that we are still serving in the community and working with our current partners like Isaiah 117 and the YMCA. And we are going to be outside in the auditorium um, after service. You will see the sign that says Find Your Circle. We'll be at a table. We definitely want to hear from you guys to let us know what other interests that you have, some hobbies, things that you would like us to pursue, and also what other type of ministries that you would like us to get involved with. You might have a passion for something that we haven't had yet um, an opportunity to partner with that ministry. And we would just love to just hear from the church and just get your thoughts about 
other partnerships and activities that we could be doing. I definitely think we have a great opportunity to engage our community and really just have the opportunity to serve and do life together outside of Sunday. So we just hope that you guys just as fired up as we are and come on us, come and you know, join the journey with us. And we love to hear from you and we'll be outside the lobby after church. Woo. Woo. All right. Thank you. Don't go anywhere yet. You, you hang on to that. So again, you're talking about one calendar that has all of our outreach events on it. You know, we're, we're, we're serving in the food pantry this Saturday, you know, so-and-so. We're, we're serving at Men of Valor, so-and-so. And it lets you know. On that same calendar, you're talking about small group dates. On that same calendar, you're talking about, oh, there's a group that are doing a paint and praise on a Thursday night. There's a group that's going and doing ultimate Frisbee on a Tuesday afternoon. And it's all engaged in one calendar. They're overseeing this. And so when somebody comes to our church and goes, man, I just want to be connected, we say, hey, come here, let me show you. And we've got a whole display we're talking about at our new building with a QR code where you can scan that, look at the calendar, and it works with your schedule. Instead of us saying, hey, here's one event, you need to dictate your schedule around that event, you're able to see all that's happening, so you figure out what works for you, and you're able to get connected. So here's what they're doing. They're in the lobby after service, and here's what we're asking from you. Go up and talk to them. If you haven't met them, they're incredible people. You need to meet them. But also go and talk to them about what it is that you're already doing that we can engage with on this calendar. Say, hey, you know, I got some friends. We, we already get together and do this. Or I've got a serving idea. We already get together and do this. Let them know about it so that we can filter it onto the calendar and it can be a part of what the church is doing. Does that make sense? All right, give it up one more time for Kyle and Zenobia. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I'm excited about that because, again, the more and more, and this was evident when we did our men's night, we scheduled our men's night, um, there was this moment where all these people started registering for it, and we realized everybody wants community, right? Everybody wants community. And so I think it's important to be able to give people the opportunity for that, and as we get ready to move into a new building where you're going to see a lot of new people coming in, we're able to tell them, hey, here's how you get connected. Here's how you get engaged. Dream team, service out, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? interest groups, small groups, all these different things filtered into one area, and most of all, it's exciting for you. And God's already doing something naturally in your circle through you. Let us know about it. We can put it on the calendar, and then people who are, are interested. I was talking to a, a couple that's newer to the church, and she, the wife is very artistic. She's a phenomenal artist in painting and different things like that, singing, and we're talking to her about it, and we have another group of ladies in our church that have been doing a paint and praise, and so they get together, and they paint, and they put on worship music, and they praise God, and when I told her about it, her eyes lit up, and she's like, that's, that's me, and it's us being able to communicate to the church, we've already got stuff going on that is you. You just need to get a part of it. Amen? All right, so... Before we get into the word, do me a favor, stop by that table. I know y'all are rushing to get out because you got to get to lunch and eat you some food and all that. Stop by that table, make a connection, share what you're already doing so that we can start building that database before we even get into the building. All right, you ready for the word? <clears throat> all right, I'm ready to preach it. I was in a building with no heat for about eight hours, so I've got a little bit of a voice issue, but we're ready for this. If you got your Bibles, turn to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40, <clears throat> As you're turning there, we're going to start reading at verse 28. You can do it on your phone. You can do it in your paper Bible. And we're in a series called Promises, where we're taking different promises from God in the Scripture that are promises to us, and we're breaking them down and bringing a little bit more revelation to it than a lot of these promises are something that you've heard plenty of times, but we haven't really dove into it as much, and we're going to do that today. So Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, I'll read a few verses, and we'll get to the Bible. All right. So it starts with this, the prophet Isaiah speaking to the nation of Israel. Have you not known? Have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God? This is who he is. He's the everlasting God. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint and he does not grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Thought that was a really cool verse. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths, young people, people who are in great energy and great fitness, even they shall faint and be weary. Even young men shall fall exhausted. But here's our promise. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk 
and not faint. It's really interesting that in that verse, he both said every person faints, even the people in the best shape, the young people, but those who wait on the Lord shall not faint. Those that wait on the Lord, their strength shall be renewed. You might have heard that verse before, and it said those who wait upon the Lord, but those who wait for the Lord, here's the promise, are you ready? Those who wait on the Lord shall have renewed strength. I want to talk to you for a moment from this idea, working out my weakness. I had two titles for this one. Very rarely do I have two titles for a sermon, but I told Eric, I was like, I got two. I don't know which I'm deciding on. The other one was waiting on my wings. Like that? I'm glad I didn't go with that one. Okay. Uh, I was going to do it, but then I thought, you know, it kind of sounds like a funeral message. So if I do that, you know, people are going to think like, is Troy dying? Like what's happening here? Obviously from your response, I'm really glad I didn't go with that one. Uh, You'll see more towards the end where that even came from, but we're going to talk about waiting on my weakness. Um, When Darla and I started dating, Darla has always been very fit. Her family has always been in shape. They're very active. They ski, snow ski, they water ski. They've always done it all. And, and, you know, her dad was a bodybuilder, all these different things. So when I met their family, their family was already in like a circle of fitness. (laughs) They were already fit people. I, on the other hand, um, you know, I, I grew up in the hood. And so the only exercising I ever did was basketball. And so there were seasons where I looked like I was in shape, but I never really had muscles or anything like that. It was just basketball fitness, okay? So we're dating. We're young in our dating life, and we're hanging out together. I think we're watching a movie or something. And Darla's on the couch, and I'm on the floor. And she just happened to be laying on the couch in a way where her arm was holding up her head like this, right? You know how you lay like that to watch TV? And so I took a moment to gaze at her beauty because that's what you do. And when I looked over, because of the way she was sitting, she was accidentally flexing her bicep. And at that moment, I've never been more insecure in my life, okay? (laughs) At that moment, I realized my girlfriend at the time, I knew she'd be my wife. She had some convincing. It took her some convincing. Um, but, But she's stronger than me. And that was a concern. That's when I realized I was weak. And this message, I want to talk for a moment to those that feel weak. If you've ever been in a point in your life where you've been facing a situation where you didn't feel like you had the strength to do it, where you honestly felt weak about this, that's what this message is about. That's where this promise comes into play. Because here's the truth. We're all facing areas in our life where we could use more strength. Now, your area may be different than somebody else's area. But we're all dealing with an area. For some of us, it's finances. For some of us, it's our marriage. For some of us, it's with our children. For some of us, it's trying to have children. For some of us, it's the dream that God's put in our heart. For some of us, it's our job. We're all facing an area where we we honestly need more strength. But watch this. It's not a physical enabling that we need. It's more of a spiritual empowerment. In other words, it's not that we need outward strength, like muscles, like Darla, we, we need more of an inward strength. Just ask the person who's been praying and asking God to give them strength not to go off on their boss at work, right? I know we got a couple in here somewhere. If your boss is in here, don't, don't make a vocal uh, you know, revelation of that. Um, but, but we all have those moments. Ask the person who is asking God for strength to try to figure out how to raise their children, whether they're in the baby stage and they're not sure when they're ever going to sleep again, whether they're in the toddler stage and they're wondering if they're ever going to be able to sit down again, whether they're in the preteen stage where they're wondering if they're going to have to go to jail for murder, you know what I mean? Like whatever that situation is where they are seeking strength, talk to the couple that is asking God for strength as they try to navigate their marriage. Ask the couple that's asking God for strength as they try to go in for their fourth and fifth opportunity of figuring out how to have children. Ask the individual who's asking God for strength because they're trying to budget and gas is now $12 a gallon. No matter who you ask, we we, we want strength. We're asking God for strength, but again, it's not an outward strength. We're not asking for abs and biceps. We're asking for an inward strength. And here's what I want you to understand, and I think this statement alone could set you free. God is not expecting you to be strong. God's not expecting you to be strong. 
And our culture tells us different. Our culture says, man up. Don't, don't let anybody see you cry. Women be empowered, right? There's all these, these sayings around the, the idea that you need to hold it up. You need to hold on to it. You need to push through. You need to figure out. You need to be strong. That's the message in our culture today. But listen to me. Your father, your spiritual father, your creator, God of the universe, never expected you to be strong. And here's how I know that. Because he promised to be the source of your strength. This is not the only verse where God promises to be your strength. He promises it all throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament. But the reason why I picked Isaiah 40, 31 is because not only does God promise to be our strength, but God shows us how he's going to do it. Not only does he make the promise, but he shows us how he's going to do it. And we have to understand that in order for us to be able to get the strength that God is promising us, for us to be able to access that strength, watch this, it comes through our weakness and our total dependence. You and I, to be able to gain the strength that God is promising us, the only way that we can access that strength is through weakness and total dependence. And so I thought I'd take us through a little class this morning. I thought it might be fun. We're together. I thought I'd take us through this concept. We need some weight training. Now, before you panic and think I'm going to bring dumbbells and all these kind of things in here, I want you to look at the spelling. Not weight like W-E-I-G-H-T, but weight, W-A-I-T. I think for you and I to be able to understand how to be strong in God, we need some weight training. We need to learn how to wait. We're in a culture that is constantly pushing us to go, to do. The busier you are, the more successful you are. The busier you are, the more popular you are, right? Every time I talk to somebody, they go, how you doing? Here's what they say. I'm exhausted. Why? I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so tired. Because everybody's saying, you need to get up and go. You need, to, you need to hurry up. You need to figure it out. You need to meet with that person and do this task and do that. Take your kid to this. Learn about that. Read this book. Watch that movie. Do this on social media. Do that TikTok. Do, we need to do all of these things. And yet scripture's saying we need to wait. We need to wait. I think this is a principle that we've lost the understanding and value of. I remember growing up, stuff was slow. You know what I mean? Like it was just, like remember internet? <laughs> Remember that ding, dong, like you remember, I remember waiting for that? And right when it was almost loaded, somebody picked up the phone and you were like, come on! Like I gotta wait another six years to be able to get on AOL. Now, I have my iPad in my lap. If the internet is not up in two seconds, I'm telling Darla, it's never gonna get up. Call AT&T, it took literally 60 seconds and I'm losing my mind, right? Everybody, we got to go, we got to go, we got to do, we got to do. I've, I've often told people that I, I almost wish I was born like, you know, 50, 60 years ago because I'm such an old soul. I just want to do stuff slow. I want you to be like, hey, you know, you want to hang out? And me be like, yeah. I'm like, well, how do we, we got to ride a horse to your house? So I'm going to be there in like six weeks. You know what I mean? Like, it's just slow, just slow. Like, quit rushing me, Slow. And when you look at Isaiah 40, 31, let's look at it again. Let's take it a little bit slow. Let's look what the scripture's saying. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, renew's interesting. Renew means that it's strength you already have. It's strength that's already in you, but it's renewing it by waiting in the Lord. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, the important thing for you to understand in this scripture as we move forward with the sermon is that the word wait means trust. When it says waiting on the Lord, what that translates into is trusting in the Lord. So you were to read that going, those who trust in the Lord shall renew their strength. But watch this. In order for us to trust in the Lord, we have to stay still. Nothing reveals our lack of trust in the Lord than constant movement. Because if we don't think God's going to provide, we go do something else. If we don't think God's going to fix it, we try to fix it ourselves. If we don't think God's doing it fast enough, we move on to the next thing. There is nothing more revealing of our lack of trust in God than constant movement. When we are still, it says, I trust God 
when I'm in this situation. It doesn't matter what's happening. Even if it doesn't make sense, I trust God, so I stand still. Now listen, there are moments where God tells you to move. Don't, don't mishear me. But I don't think our problem is moving. Our problem is waiting. And so that's what I want to teach on, is us understanding the importance of being still. The strength that God wants to impart in us is an increased ability to trust him. The strength that God wants to, in, wants to be able to build in you is an increased ability to trust him. It's not muscles, it's faith. The strength that God wants to impart into you is the ability to trust him more. So watch this. So while the world is telling us, work it out, God is asking us, wait it out. That's so good. While the world is saying, figure it out, work it out, fix it, answer it, do it, study it, God is saying, wait, trust me. I'm in control. Let me be the one in control. God is promising us that when we stay still long enough, we will actually find the strength that we need. I was studying through different stories in the Bible, and it's interesting to me that for a lot of people, their strongest moment looked like their weakest moment. You know what I mean? Like, like looking back, in real time, it wouldn't have been that way. But us looking back and we look at it, we start to go, man, look how strong they were in that moment. But if we were honest, that was their weakest moment. The thing that made a difference, watch, is they stayed. I'll give you some examples. When David walks down the hill and begins to face Goliath, and he has no armor on because King Saul's armor was too big for him, he has no weapon outside of a slingshot that he's used when he's been in the shepherd pen. In that moment, he's never been weaker. The giant is taller. The giant is bigger. The Bible says the giant's been fighting since he was a youth, so he's more experienced. David has never been weaker. We, we celebrate it because we know that David kills Goliath, so we're like, ooh, he's so strong. But in that moment, church, he had never been weaker. Nobody in that field thought David was about to win that fight. Matter of fact, people were saying, get ready. He's about to be in between Goliath's toes. Like, this is about to get ugly. It's about to look like, you know, walking dead in a minute. Like, blood. just get ready. Like, he's about to get destroyed. But because he stayed, the Bible says the giant started saying all these things to him, and he stayed. And because he stayed, now we look back on it, and we go, oh, he was so strong. He wasn't strong because he started it. He was strong because he stayed. Joseph, Mary's husband, Jesus' stepfather, we all call him strong. But in his strongest moment, it looked like his weakest moment. When his wife came to him and said, I'm pregnant. I'm sorry, teenagers. They had not done anything biblically for her to be pregnant. And then Joseph said, that don't make a lot of sense. I took anatomy in school, you know, I don't. and she said, well, the Holy Spirit has impregnated me. Could you imagine? Like, we all, we're cool with that because we know the story, but put yourself in Joseph's shoes for I'm sorry, who did what? You're pregnant, and God got you pregnant, you know what I mean? In that day, they would have stoned her. That would have been a moment where every one of Joseph's boys would have ragged him. Your girl did what? <laughs> Can't keep her happy. You know what I mean? Whatever. I don't know. Whatever distances there are. That would have been his weakest moment. But because he stayed, we look back now as his strongest moment. When Jesus climbed up on the cross, that would have been his weakest moment. Savior of the world. Please, they're about to crucify you in between two thieves. That's not, that's his weakest, but why? We know it's strong because we know he resurrected from the grave. But it's really his weakest moment. He wasn't strong because he started up the cross. He was strong because he stayed. The Bible says that he could have called thousands of angels to come and just take him off. 
The strongest moment for Jesus was because he stayed. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. It doesn't take a lot of strength to start something. Anybody can start a job. You know what I mean? Anybody can start a relationship. Anybody can start a family. But where strength is really revealed and where it's unveiled is when we stay. It's not starting a family. It's not getting in the bedroom. It's staying with the process. It's not starting the marriage. It's staying with the marriage. It's not starting the job. It's staying with the job. When we stay with something, our strength starts to become unveiled. So watch this. This is my favorite thing I wrote down this message. Get ready. Here's what our prayer is then. Our prayer is not, God, give me strength to overcome my weakness. Our prayer is, God, give me strength to stay when I feel weak. When I wrote that down, it shot from my toes to my brain. Because my prayer is, God, give me strength to overcome my weakness. And God says, no, 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 no. The prayer is, God, give me patience and trust and faith to stay still in this moment when I feel weak. I told you that when I started dating Darla, it wasn't a matter of time until I started getting in the gym. I had never been in the gym before in my life. And, you know, I ended up getting in the gym. And when you start going to the gym, there's gym lingo, right? Like anybody who's a gym worker out or person, you know, there's, there's gym lingo, like, like reps and sets. Like, I don't know if you know what that means, but like, you know, so how many times you do it is reps and sets, and it's all these cool little words. Well, there's this one statement that is really popular in the gym that I think is so popular that you're probably going to know it. Like, I'm going to start it, and I think majority of you will be able to finish because it's so popular. It's not only the people in the gym say it, but everybody says it. You ready? I'm going to start it. You finish it. Don't skip. For anybody who's not, doesn't know what I'm talking about, there's a saying in the gym world, don't skip leg day. And here's what that means. That means that there are men, mostly men, women, y'all are really good at this. I don't know why. But men, we go to the gym and we work out our biceps and our shoulders and our chest and we ignore our legs. And so at some point, we start looking like an upside-down pyramid. You know what I'm talking about? Like Johnny Bravo. Y'all remember Johnny Bravo? Little bitty legs, big old torso. And you got these guys walking around the gym, and they can't put their arms by their side because they, they just walk around like this the whole time, but they're walking around on little toothpicks. You know what I mean? And they're just coming like, hey, girl. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah. Hey. And it's just the saying, like, don't do it, because you end up looking ridiculous, right? You're all strong and heavy up here, and then you're all small and, you know, dainty down there, and so it just doesn't look right. And, and when I started learning about this, this was a common thing, it wasn't until I started interacting with it that I realized why this is a common thing. So I'm going to explain it to you from my point of view. This isn't, this isn't my judgment on any other man, it's my judgment on myself, okay? Here's what I've learned. When I work out the upper half of my body... I look strong. You know what I mean? Like I work out biceps and shoulders and chest and I can see it in the mirror, right? And so the tighter shirt I wear, the more it squeezes my bicep and I look strong. You know, that whole deal is good. You don't really see your legs as much. You know, for men, I know ladies, that's kind of what you pay more attention to, but for men, we don't see our legs a lot unless you wear really tight pants, which is what I'm trying to do, okay? Trying to help you see the, the illustration in 4D. And so um, not only that, but, but when you work out your upper body, you don't really get sore. Like, you might get sore a little bit, but, but soreness almost makes you feel stronger. You know what I mean? Like, when you feel soreness in your chest, you're like, I'm so manly. Like, you just feel like, I, I should be able to break, you know, chestnuts in between my pecs. You know, you just feel strong. I mean, whatever. Try to regain the Holy Spirit here for a moment. Um, about to lose them again. Watch this. But when you feel sore with legs, you don't appear strong. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen a guy after leg day and he got that baby giraffe walk going on? You know what I mean? Trying to walk through. <laughs> you ever, you ever, I don't know if you ever watched a guy who's sore from leg day try to sit down. All right? Not a little bit too much TMI, but like just going to the bathroom. You know, you're kind of like, 
reaching back, you know, grabbing onto, just trying to slowly ease yourself down because everything hurts, like your quads and your hamstrings. And so now, watch this. When I work out my upper body, I look strong. I appear strong. When I work out my lower body, I appear weak, right? I look terrible. I'm hurting. And so what I think is the foundation behind skipping leg day is instead of feeling weak, I would rather look strong. You know what I mean? I think that's why men do it. I I understand that if I stick with it, it'll all match up. But while I'm in the process, it reveals my weakness. And instead of feeling weak, I'd rather look strong. Listen to me. We all have weaknesses that we don't want to talk about. We all have weaknesses that we don't want uncovered. We all have weaknesses that we hope nobody ever finds out about. And because of that, the temptation is this. When I find myself in a place that is uncovering my weakness, I want to retreat and run to a place where I look strong. When I'm in a moment, whatever that moment might be, and it starts to reveal the weakness in me, when it starts to show you that I'm not as holy as I thought I was, when it starts to show you that I'm not as great as I thought I was, when it starts to show you that I don't have it all under control like I've claimed I do, when I'm in a moment that starts to uncover my weakness, the temptation in me is to stop that and run to something, to an area where I appear strong. Give you some examples, since y'all wanna go quiet on me for a moment. When we're in a moment where we start to feel like we're not valued and there's no affirmation, we'll flee that moment and we'll run to social media and we'll post a picture that we know is gonna get likes. Because over here we started to unveil weakness and so over here we can run and appear strong. When when we're in conversation with people and we're insecure, and we start to feel that insecurity, we will actually strong arm the conversation and put it back on us to build us up because when weakness started to be shown, we wanted it to come back and we could appear strong. When our finances are weak, we'll run and get credit cards and purchase things that we can put on display to other people so that we will appear strong when in reality, financially, we are weak. When our marriage is weak, We will have fight after fight after fight every night. And then when we come to an event and we get in front of people, we will put on a show to try to appear strong. It's just in who we are that we are so ashamed of our weakness that when we get outside of the privacy of ourselves, we will try to run away from that weakness and do something so that we appear strong to other people. How can I look strong? How can I be strong? How can I act strong? Listen to me. Our enemy and our culture want us to be ashamed of our weakness. They want you to be ashamed of the fact that you don't have it all together. Can we do something real quick? If you have it all together, will you raise your hand real quick? Everybody look around. Glad to say we have no liars in church today. So if nobody has it all together, Why do we keep pretending like we do? But we've been taught by our culture to be ashamed. If you have a weakness as a man, you should be ashamed. If you have a weakness as a wife, you should be ashamed. If you have a weakness as a child, as a parent, as a husband, as a wife, as a coworker, as a boss, as a man of God, as a woman of God, if we have some type of weakness, culture and the devil say, you should be ashamed. And so anytime that that weakness gets put under a magnifying glass, we revert and run away back to a lie where we can appear strong. And we will never be strong as long as we are acting strong. Did you catch that? As long as you are acting strong, you'll never be strong. Because as long as you're acting strong, as long as you are acting strong, God doesn't need to be strong. So in the workout world, there's this thing called a spotter. Y'all ever heard about this? When you're in the gym and you're working out 
and you start to get weak and you can't lift that weight, there's this thing called a spotter. What that means, it's an individual that you've grabbed and you said, hey, listen, I'm about to try to lift this heavy weight and in case I'm weak and I start to struggle, can you grab the weight and help me? And it's really interesting. Scout and I was working out for a while when his job would allow it and he would start to get weak and I would, I would come and be a spotter for him and I would, I would make him think I was holding it, but I really wasn't. My hands were just there and he would lift it by himself. It's like he got stronger. But here's, I was thinking about this. Here's the interesting thing about a spotter. Your spotter is not needed as long as you're acting strong. Right? It's not until you are revealing weakness that your spotter then goes, I need to get in place. But as long as you are giving off the impression that you've got it all under control, then the spotter who is there for you will graciously stand back and wait until you admit that you need help. This is how the Holy Spirit works. God says, I'm all the strength you need, but as long as you want to act strong, I will graciously stand right here and I will wait until you need me. And the moment that you admit that you're weak, the moment you start to show a little bit of that, I'm right up under and ready for you. I had to work out with my brother when I first started working out, my brother-in-law, really big old, you know, one of them dudes, you know, and uh, I never, at first when I started working out, I never wanted to, you know, feel weak in front of him. And so when I would, we would do squats, and I hate squats because, you know, I just explained it to you all a few minutes ago. And so when we get ready to do squats, I would do a certain amount of weight, and I would do everything I could to make sure he didn't try to come spot me. And so I would, I would whether it was the amount of weight or how many reps I did, I would do whatever I could do to make sure he didn't try. I just thought that was awkward. Like when a grown man runs up behind you, like, it's just awkward, you know? And so watch this. <laughs> years, years later, we were, we'd already moved here. He sent me a video because back in the day, we were those people who video yourself working out because we didn't have a life. And so he sends me the video of me working out, y'all. And we, we could not stop laughing. This, this is what, I'm gonna show you what, this was the video, this is the perspective of me doing squats. You ready? I would go. <laughs> Got them little tiny pumps. You know, oh, <laughs> right? Because I was so worried that he was gonna try to run up and help me, that I never really got into a moment where I revealed my weakness. I held back so that I wouldn't need help. And this is what our culture is trying to get us to do. Hold back. Miss out on what God really wants to do. Miss out on a really great marriage. Miss out on a really great financial stable life. Miss out on a dream. Why? Because if I'm going to grasp those things, I have to admit where I am weak. And I'd just rather act strong and stay where I am. Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he's writing a letter to the church of Corinth. It's his second letter. He says something that I think is very interesting because Paul in his young life was really prideful about his strength. He would say things like, uh, I was circumcised on the third day. You know, he was just, it was just things that was like saying like, you know, I, I was, I was number one on the list. Like it was just a prideful thing. So when he was real young, he was always putting his glory in his strength. But now he's older and he's been through some things. He's gone through COVID-19 and you know, he's, he's gone through some stuff. And his weaknesses have been revealed. And he wrote something down that I think we say in a cliche way as, a, as Christians all the time. And we totally miss out on the power behind what he said. And watch this, the freedom of what he said. So 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, here's what he says. That is why, for Christ's sake, I, anybody say that next word? I what? I delight in my weaknesses. I delight in donuts, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I delight in. And, and Paul says, I delight in my weakness. I rejoice in my weakness. I'm excited about, I am so pumped about my weakness. That's foreign to us. Here is Paul, the Apostle Paul, who has all the accolades that you could possibly want 
as Saul, and now he's getting new accolades as Paul. And he walks up and says, hey, you need to understand something about me. I don't get excited about my strengths. I'm excited about my weaknesses. Why, Paul? Because when I am weak, then I am strong. What he meant by that was, when I delight in my weakness, when I rejoice in the areas that I'm weak, when I'm willing to proudly admit that I'm not good at this, God steps in and brings strength where I am weak. Paul is saying, if I act strong, God won't be strong. But if I'm very open and vulnerable about the areas in which I am weak, then God steps in and he is strong. When we're immature, immature in our faith, growing up in our faith, when we're immature and young, we put glory in our strength. All my men, remember when you were young and you were like flexing in the mirror and stuff? Remember those days, right? Where you put a lot of glory in your strength. It was all about arm wrestling. What kind of sport is arm wrestling, right? I mean, this is, think about that for a second. But it was all about putting glory in our strength. But the older we get, watch this, wisdom rejoices in weakness. The wiser we are, the more we rejoice in our weakness. Can I tell you something? The more mature you become in God, the wiser you become as a believer, the more you will delight in the areas that you are weak. Because no longer do you feel like it's eating at your pride, and more you feel like it's an open door for God to do something great. I talk a big game about the gym. You know, I always talk a big game. Well, I was in there six days a week. Monday, I was walking to the gym on Monday. I'm in the parking lot. I'm on the phone. I have my pre-workout in my hand, my bag around. And as I'm walking in, I'm, I'm, I'm not even in the gym yet, y'all. And some kind of pain hit me right in between my shoulder blades. It's that 37 to be 40 pain. You know what I'm talking about? Like it was, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't even lift a weight. I had a phone and I'm walking. And I was like, ugh, and I did like this. I don't know what this looks like on camera. It's got to be bad. But I, I went up to do my prayer time. I was in so much pain, I walked my whole prayer time like this. People had to be like, what is, what's really wrong with him? And I was just thinking, look, I, I get hurt now before I get to the gym. You got young men in there getting hurt because they're lifting 200 pounds. I got hurt walking. It might have been the curb. I had to step up like a curb. It might have been the curb. But I'm old. You know what I mean? But that's okay. I'm okay with that. Listen to me. It's terrifying to rejoice in our weakness. I get it. It's terrifying for you to rejoice in your weakness. And here's why. Because it means that you and I must embrace the fact that we were never as great or as holy as we thought we were to begin with. To rejoice in our weakness is for us to accept the fact that we need God. That you were never great as you thought you were. That you were never as strong as you thought you were. That you were never as holy as you thought you were. It's the admittance that I need God. And God can never be strong as long as I'm pretending to be. And I wrote this down. The devil isn't beating us up because we're weak. He's beating us up because we're pretending to be strong. The devil's not beating us up in our marriage because we're weak. It's because we keep trying to act strong. Because we won't talk to each other and say, hey, this is where I'm struggling. I'm weak. The devil isn't beating us up when it comes to our children. Beating us up because, because we are acting strong. Oh, I'll figure it out. Can I tell you real quick? Can I just confess to you? And I know my wife will be okay with it. I know she's serving in V kids, but she'll be okay with it. Guess what? I don't know how to parent kids. I'm weak. God, I need you to be strong. The devil's beating us up not because we're weak. 
but because as a man and a woman of God, we keep walking out trying to act like we are strong. And the prophet Isaiah said, those who wait, those who trust in the Lord, those who set in their weakness will be made strong. Now here's the part that confused me. You ready? Here, here was the, the full circle part that I was like, yeah, that all makes sense. I, I don't know that, that that's new information to you, what I just shared. The idea that you and I have got to learn how to be able to wait and trust God in areas and situations that don't look like they should so that we can have strength to overcome it, all those kind of, I don't know that any of that's new information. Here was the part of that scripture that was interesting to me. It said that those who wait on the Lord, wait upon the Lord, will renew their strength. They will mount up like with, with wings like an eagle. Here's my problem with that. This whole spirit animal thing, right? Y'all heard it like, oh, it's my spirit animal. If we're talking strength for a second, I'm not impressed with an eagle. I'm just being honest with you. God's gonna give you strength. Oh, yeah, remember Power Rangers when they were like transforming into animals and like one guy's like a Tyrannosaurus Rex and one guy's like a gorilla, you right? Remember this? And all of a sudden you'd be like, I got strength in the Lord, hold on. And people are like, ah, don't get it, wrong category. I was thinking like if, if, if the prophet Isaiah really wanted to like engage us, he would have said, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength and they will mount up like the biceps of a bear. Right? I know it's wrong to like rewrite the Bible and I'm not rewriting the Bible. I'm just saying that sounded better. That made me be like, oh yeah, like rah, ooh, rah, you know, biceps of a bear. Or like, you know, I don't know, like, like the jaw strength of a crocodile, you know, or whatever, like, you know, the ramming power of a ram. Like, give me something with like strength, you know what I mean? But don't tell me that when you, God, give me strength to face this situation, God, I'm facing a battle right now. I'm facing a battle, and I am weak, and I am losing the battle, and I need your strength. And God says, don't worry, here comes my strength. Mighty Morphin, Power Rangers, here it comes. Now you've got wings. It's like, that doesn't really help me. And here's what I realized. When God says strength, he doesn't mean pounds, he means perspective. When God said he's gonna give you strength for the area that you feel weak, he's not going to give you muscles, he's going to give you perspective. All right, walk with me for a second. He says, when I give you strength, you will mount up with wings like an eagle, which means now all of a sudden, you're gonna be able to fly which means now you are seeing situations from a different perspective. All right, hey, Josh, roll with me on a second. Jeff, come here. All right, we're gonna do this illustration. Come stand right here in front of this TV. All right, Josh, get me on camera because I know I'm coming downstairs. All right, watch this. Come here, come here, come here, come here. This is Jeff Olick. Jeff Olick is a part of our church. He's amazing. He's in a traveling band, so he's in town for a little bit, and I just love to use my camera. Stand right here, stand right here. Okay. Face me, face me. Face All right, you. you're the battle. Okay. All right, so whatever you're battling right now, wherever you're weak at, he's representing it. So it may be your marriage and there's weakness there. It may be trying to figure out how you're going to raise these kids. It may be a financial situation. It may be a job. It may be a dream that was in your heart that's not lining up with the way you're looking at. It may be something you've been asking God for and he's not doing. That's what Jeff represents. He's the battle. All right. So watch this. Here's what we do. We face the battle and we say, God, Isaiah 40, 40 31 said that you're going to give me strength if I wait to fight my battle. So God, Put your, put your dukes up, battle, all right? Don't hit me, I'm the Lord's anointed, okay? So, so you're like, all right, I need you to give me muscles, God. I need you to give me strength, God, so that I can beat and overpower my problem. Here's what God promised. If you will wait upon the Lord and you will trust me, I will give you wings, stand still, and I will elevate you above your problems. So watch this, watch this, it's so good. Oh, give him, give him praise, give him praise, but catch it. God says, I'm not coming down to your level. I'm not coming into your battle and fighting your problems. I am bringing you 
above your problems so that you can see a different perspective and you can learn that God is wanting to do something in the battle. This is what God promises us. Don't go anywhere, Jeff. God, I need strength. God, give me strength to fight it out with my wife. <laughs> she would beat me up. God, give me strength to fight it out with my boss. God, give me strength to fight it out with this fear and this doubt that I'm dealing with. God, let me get in the box. And, and, I'll just, and God says, chill out. God says, I'm God. Do you know what I would do to that battle if I wanted to? Casey Ray likes to arm wrestle me. She'll have her entire body on my arm and I'll pretend like she's winning. And then when I'm ready to be done, I throw her over across the couch. <laughs> That's God. Whatever problem you're dealing with, he's not phased by it. But he wants you to catch a different perspective. So he lets it go for a minute until you can keep waiting on God. Keep waiting on God. Keep waiting on God. All right, God, I'm starting to see it. You don't want me to go blows to blows with my wife. You want me to be humbled and learn how to be humbled in my marriage. Oh, oh, you don't want me to go blow to blows with my boss. You want me to walk in and go, I work here like I work for the Lord. What do you need? You don't want me to go blows to blow with fear and doubt. You want me to trust you and sit still and wait. And by trusting God, he elevates us to a place. Thank you, brother. You can be sitting down. He elevates us to a place where we're not trying to fight that battle. We are saying, God, that's your battle. But while I'm up here soaring, teach me what you want to teach me. Church, I'm trying to set you free. Because you think God's supposed to give you strength to win. And you're mad because you're losing the fight. And God says, if you follow my pattern in scripture, it always looks like I was losing the fight. It's always about perspective. And if you wait and trust God, he elevates you to a different thinking, to where you start to realize God's wanting to do something in this battle. The area of our greatest weakness is the exact area that God wants us to trust him more. Wherever you're weak, God, you promised to give me strength. His concern is not to give you strength to win your battle. His concern is get you to a place where you trust him for the outcome. And what happens is when you get there and you grow and you mature, by the time you get to the next battle, you trust him a little bit more. And by the time you get to the next battle, you trust him a little bit more. And by the time you get to the next battle, you trust him a little bit more. And you start to have a different stance when it comes to fighting battles. You quit walking into situations like this and you start walking into situations like this. Whatever you want to do, I trust you. Because at the end of the day, Father, when you want, you can throw them all the way to the other side of the couch. And so I'm going to wait and I'm going to trust. Do me a favor, would you stand with me for a moment? Worship team, let me invite you up real quick. There's this song, we're just gonna do kind of the, the tagging part of it, but it literally sings out Isaiah 40, 31. It talks about waiting upon the Lord. And I just wanna challenge you for a few moments, just for a few minutes. Before you leave, do me a favor and just kind of close your eyes and allow the Holy Spirit to show you the area where right now you're weak in. And some of you, you already know it. It's not even a question. You knew it when you walked in here. And you've been trying to hide that area and disguise it. You've been trying to pretend like it's not there. And this is the day that God wants to unveil it. And what he's telling you is you need to trust me. You need to trust me in whatever this situation is. You need to trust him in your marriage. 
You need to trust him in your finances. You need to trust him in the prayer request that you've been praying now for years that still hasn't happened. You need to trust him in reconciliation. You need to trust him for health. You need to trust him for provision. You need to trust him for this next season. You need to trust him because the way things are going right now aren't the way you thought they were going to go. And God is telling you right now, I've never once lost control. I never once got off the throne. But you just have to wait and trust me and see what I'm doing. So do me a favor. Let's just close our eyes in this place. And let's just have that opportunity this morning just for a few moments where we can reflect on that weakness and we can just make a proclamation that, Father, I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. Hallelujah. Father, you're there for me. You're all that I need. You're my strength when I'm weak. You're everything. You're my provider. You're my provision. Father, I'm going to wait on you. Hallelujah.